Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get the lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. But I'm going to tell you this we ain't done yet. Howdy and welcome back to the Ineligibles podcast. I am Will Stone. He is Chase Caldwell. He is uh, fresh back from his vacation in Costa Rica. Yeah. Uh, Pura Vida. What does uh, that mean? If, uh, I think it means uh, pure life. It's yeah. it's like it's like the country's like saying. Yeah. Um, I'm more of a carpe diem kind of guy. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I'll tell you this. Uh Costa Rica, if it's not on your bucket list, make it on there um, because it wasn't really on my radar necessarily until I got invited to this trip. Like it, it was would have been a place that obviously if I got invited to go or somebody was planning a trip there, I'd be all about it. But yeah. um, if I was like planning a trip from step one, it probably wouldn't even be on my radar of like places to look at. Yeah. And um, oh, my gosh, what fun. <laughs> and now, now it's like in my top five of places I want to go to next. <laughs> like, and it's somewhere I've already been. Like, it, it's yeah, that doesn't normally happen with me. It's like, okay, I've been there, check that one off the list. Now I got to go to the next place, you know. But and you weren't there very long, so I'm sure there's a lot more to, like that you didn't get to do that you'd like to do. Yeah, uh, we the biggest thing is we didn't go explore like the rainforest. Like, I would have loved wow. to go see the rainforest and stuff, but yeah. um still saw all kinds of wildlife. We had monkeys in like the trees at our house and so um, cool. we even saw a raccoon there, which was like a weird looking <laughs> raccoon. But, I didn't know raccoons existed anywhere. Dude, <laughs> there was a squirrel there. I tried to get a picture of it. I swear to God, the tail on the squirrel was like six foot long. Like it, it wow. was, it, it looked like a lemur. Like, you know how lemurs have really long tails. And yeah. so like, I went to take a picture of it and I realized it was a squirrel. That squirrel was like, I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It, he, it, it was all of two foot tall. Like it, it, like realistically like two foot tall probably. Yeah. And uh, biggest squirrel I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. But, um, Have you seen the picture of the bat on social media? That's like, it's got like a five foot wingspan. Uh, no, pro- I, don't, I can't say I've seen the picture, but I've seen one of those bats at, at yeah. Disney world animal kingdom Yeah. and they'll blow your mind how big they are. Oh, they're huge. Huge. I'm not. I'm not sure what country that one was in, but it was going viral on uh, on on Twitter the other day. But just just a huge ass animal. But yeah. um, no, that's 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 awesome. Uh, a, a, a buddy of mine went to Costa Rica a long time ago, and he he raved about it. And um, uh, it's definitely like I've got like 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 probably Italy is higher or like like yeah. It's like like. Our, our first round our first round draft pick our first overall <laughs> but um after that like costa rica is in there with like ireland um even cabo i know cabo sounds basic but i've never been i've yeah. always wanted to go but it's great but new, new zealand is at the absolute top of my list for sure mm-hmm. um but but yeah like ireland and um you know like like some of those european countries are up there too 
Yeah. But this is my fourth country to visit, including the United States. I've, I've now been to France <laughs> and I've been to South Africa and oh, Costa Rica. Right. So you're, 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 you're so well traveled. Yeah. I have uh, such a worldly man. I've, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know what, what continent. Uh, I like, I don't know if Costa Rica is considered North America or South America. Cause it's really like central America, I guess, but right. so I don't know what like continent it's considered, but uh, that's very, very like American education for me to yeah. not know that. But well, this is one um, I'd show. Um, I, I don't think the show comes on anymore, but that, um, uh, are you smarter than a fifth grader? Oh yeah. That's um, a great show. I used to think it was so stupid, but then I'm like, Oh my gosh, like all this knowledge is useless. Once you get into the real world, <laughs> so we just forget it. Hey, I'll tell you this though. <laughs> if it came to like useless knowledge, like, I, uh, if useless knowledge did anything for you in life, like I, I would be prime minister or some, something like I have so much useless knowledge up in this noggin. It's ridiculous. I feel like we could start like a traveling trivia team and just like clean up. Oh, I, I, I want to go to that trivia place that y'all have gone to on Thursdays, but well, uh, I think they stopped doing it after, like after we won and, and beat everybody so bad. I think they just quit doing it and yeah. they didn't want us to come back. You remember the app trivia crack? Where you would just yes. like like play oh trivia gosh. against everybody. They yeah. have they have an epi- or like a, a deal on Netflix right now. Do they really? It's trivia crack and it's like you just you just like play the game on Netflix. It's really cool. Oh, but man. like I love sit that there game. and just mop up. Uh, <laughs> so good at that game. Yeah. Well, uh this is still a football show, so we'll start getting into some football stuff. But <laughs> yeah. just had some uh, some life updates and uh, uh, fun things to talk about. But um, we had been teasing a, a big announcement and um, uh, kept pushing the date back and pushing the date back. And um, uh, it took a little longer than, we, than we'd hoped, but we got it out there last Friday. And uh, we officially launched uh, TheIneligibles.com, um, which is a uh, kind of a – a home for all of our content. Uh, it includes uh, a blog, which we have one blog post uh, authored by myself. <laughs> and uh, we hope to have much more soon. But um, I'm still like, it's, it's also got a podcast tab. So like our podcast is on there, um, all the recent episodes and things like that. Um, I, I, I'm still waiting to, like, I'm still trying to figure out this whole like SEO thing. And um, my, like our, our, our site has not been indexed by, by Google's, algorithm yet so if you search us you, you you won't be able to find it at least not yet but just go to the ineligibles.com just type it in your browser um and you can find us there um don't want to set set my my sites too ambitious but you know i'd like to do you know probably probably two posts a week um but uh it's tbd you know we want at this point last year we, we thought about doing well, our plan was to do four podcast episodes a week, and that was a little too <laughs> ambitious. <so>. Very <laughs> ambitious of us. Um, uh, it may just be one post a week. I, I'm not. I, I'm still working it out. But um, yeah. so yeah, that th- that was our big announcement. Yeah, go check it out. It, Will did a phenomenal job on the website, and um, I haven't fully read your blog post yet. I wrote, read a little bit of it right after you posted it, but have been busy and keep forgetting to go back and read it so i'll probably read it tonight whenever i get done with this because i i did read enough of it to be like man this is this is some significant content if you're looking for some more so <laughs> yeah go check it out yeah um so my the, the 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 post that's on there it's about 3300 words um and it's a lot more than most of uh 
the future post will be <laughs> at yeah. least like, like the vast majority are going to be probably between 500 and a thousand words. So, uh, but it was good. Like there's so much, like we we're talking last night, like it's, it was like when we launched our podcast, there was so much stuff to catch people up on. Like, yeah, you know, this is where A&M was in the past. This is where they are now. This is where they're going um, and recruiting and, you know, the current roster, things like that. So, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. You know, I've always wanted to, 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 to write more and, um, I don't know. I feel like we we belong in the college football zeitgeist. We're going to take up as much, as much space as we can. So um, if you've been listening, we appreciate that. If you go read, we appreciate that too. Um, but uh, without further ado, we'll get into some uh, some football stuff and some fall camp uh, stuff. Um, fall camp started last Wednesday. Um, I think as we were on air as uh, – no, wait – uh, it was last Monday was, was the show that me and Hayden did, right? Not mm-hmm. Wednesday. Yeah. So yeah, we haven't even talked to you guys since, since fall camp started. So, um, a lot of changes like, uh, like right out of the gate, uh, some coaching changes, uh, were, 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 were uh, quite apparent. Yeah. Um, uh, there's, uh, the coaching changes. And then, uh, I'll, I'll also mention that, uh, he said what two of our players medically retired, um, from football, yes. which you hate to see, but has uh, yeah. Guy Jones and um, uh, who's the other Donnell uh, Harris? Donnell, yeah, uh, are uh, they're still with the team, but they're not they're not uh, playing anymore. So, right. um, wish those guys most success in life. Um, you know, has I I was kind of curious on how he would fit in when we had the receivers episode, um, but you know now that he's no longer going to be playing. I mean, that just uh, most of the guys that we went over still, still kind of, uh, <laughs> they're going to yeah. fall in the same categories that we talked about earlier, but, um, yeah. coaching changes, uh, the, the kind of coaching carousel within the team, um, of, let's see, Coley went to receivers. Um, right. and, and, uh, uh, uh Craig, Craig went to quarterbacks, quarterbacks. And then, then Dickie moved to tight ends. And I, have to say I am a big fan of this change um, for no other, I mean, for, for any other reason, just to say there's a little bit of shakeup and, and just brings new coaches to the similar same players that uh, might, might benefit from a coaching change um, with their coach still on the team. So it's not like you're, you're on a full on coaching change, right. um, but I, I think Craig will do a lot better at, at quarterbacks Um than receivers because I think that's going to be his specialty anyways, and uh, and plus you got Jimbo as the fallback there anyways. He's going to have an input on that. Um, yeah. But Coley I think is going to be really good with our receivers, and I think that's a change that we really needed um, because when we talked about tight ends, we talked about how much depth was there. I think I think Dicky will make for a great tight ends coach, mm-hmm. but I think we have enough depth there that. You could have, you could have just another guy there and probably do pretty pretty good, you know. So, yeah. um, I think I think overall the team got better just from the that switcheroo, yeah. and um, I, I'm excited to see what changes that brings about. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you. I, as soon as I uh, I saw that, you know, it was it was it was kind of shocking. Like you, you really don't see moves like this, like 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 intra staff shuffles, you know, like yeah. um it's usually, you know, 
coach goes somewhere else or a coach gets fired and you bring in someone new, you don't really see like a musical chairs kind of thing where, you know, and props to Jimbo for doing it. Cause you know, like, right. uh, it could be like a difficult topic to bring up, you know, like, you're like, hey, Craig, we want you to do quarterbacks. He's like, what? Am I not doing good at receivers? I'm like, no, it's not that. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like, we just want to get you in your natural spot. But, um, but, 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 Jimbo's been with these guys for so long. Like, mm-hmm. like, like, he's coached a lot with Craig and, and Coley both. Um, and uh, I, he, I believe he was he was Craig's he was Craig's quarterback coach when when Craig played yeah, at Auburn. Auburn. Yeah, he um, was. And then Craig's been with him almost ever since as as yeah. a receivers coach. And so that's what that's what makes me wonder if he won't be better at quarterbacks because and and not to not to slight a coach that's on our staff but there's been question marks at receivers and he's been been in charge of those receivers there's some question marks at receiver before Jimbo came to A&M if you look back at at the last couple of years he was at Florida State and right. so so then then it's like well do you have are you putting Craig in the position where he's going to be the most successful um, I, again, I don't necessarily doubt him in the receiver's position necessarily, but um, but I think he'll be more successful at the quarterback's position because that's where he played and he right. knows Jimbo's style because he played for him and you know he's he's been around it long enough coaching the receivers that that I think it's it's a better natural fit and there might have been some some discrepancies between Jimbo's play style at quarterback and Dickey's and maybe that you know maybe having a guy that played for Jimbo being that quarterback, you know, it, it will allow Jimbo to be the quarterback whisperer that he supposedly is, you know? Right. But, but well, the biggest and, thing is Coley at receiver. I, I that I'm just yeah. a big fan of. Yeah. Well, and with Craig, like, like he's been, you know, like, like as a player, like he, he, he got yelled at, he got cussed out by, by, by Jimbo. <laughs> so like, yeah. like he's, he's had that experience. He can be like, like he can, you know, kind of, uh, uh, he 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 can he can explain that to the the current players. Be like, hey, like, like hey, I've been in your shoes. Like, I know what it's like, and and he, and he knows the offense like pretty well because you know that like he played in it and they've been together for so long. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think you know it's not that Craig was like did a bad job with the receivers, but right. um, I think you, you like it, it helps to have a, a fresh set of eyes sometimes or like a little you know change of scenery or something like that. So um, you know if you if you go back and watch that. Um, the 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 broadcast of the national championship game where they have the a m coaches you know like they're in the in the film room at, at at the at the bright complex or whatever um like uh Coley was like the most local guy besides jimbo mm-hmm. and um like he's like asking questions and pointing things out and you you can tell that he was like very involved in like the offensive schematics and right. um you know like and like we said, like he's coached with Jimbo f- like before for a long time. He was actually Jimbo's first call to be OC whenever Jimbo got the job at AM. But Coley opted to stay at Georgia and then, you know, ended up coming over a couple years later. And um yeah, I think I think all in all it's it's, it's a great development for, for the team. Uh yeah. and uh and you know uh it, it's 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 a great coaching staff, so uh, I'm 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 even more excited for this year than, than I already was, which is yeah, and, and, and it was hard to top that because I was already pretty excited. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, well, Will recently went to the open practice uh, as recent as yesterday. Um, yeah. So so Will give us a rundown of what you saw at practice, some big big key points, um, key takeaways, and then then we'll jump into D line. Yeah. So um, 
I think first of all, like I'm I'm so grateful that they do this because for so long, like all we get is a spring game and the five minute clips, you know, of guys stretching at the start of practice. <laughs> That's all we've ever gotten. But right. um, now, I, like you know, they did this last year with the open practice. They did it again this year, and I hope it's a it's a new tradition or like a new yearly thing that they always do because it's fun to you know. It gives me a reason to go to College Station, which I love to do because <laughs> yeah. I like if it's not football season, I, I rarely get over there. So um, that part's good. And then just being able to see the guys in person, especially like the new guys and uh, mm-hmm. like guys that have have, uh, you know, been hitting the weights and transform their bodies and things like that. And um, uh, just kind of like observe practice and, and see what that's like. It's It's really cool. Um, I know Chase. You saw a thousand practices in your in your in your day, so you, you're like, eh, it's just another practice." But yeah, but I've really only been to one Jimbo practice, and it was it was enough of one to to be like wowed by how different it was. Oh, know? that's right. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, I think it's a cool thing. I think it's it's good for people to see what it looks like behind the scenes, and yeah. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I wish I could have gone. If they would have done it on Saturday, I definitely would have been there. But yeah, um, Sunday was just a little bit too pressed for me to try to get back. Yeah, I feel you. Um, so I've I've got a lot of uh, observations that I'd like to 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 point out on this on this episode. Uh, I'm going to save the D line for last, and we'll kind of use that as our our starting off point for the for the preview of the D line. But um, I know people want to hear about quarterbacks. Um, they're rotating every day. Um, I know we, in our quarterback episode, we handicapped it at, you know, 40% King, 40% Max, 20% Wigman. Um, I would probably reduce Wigman's to like 5%. Um, at this point, it seems that like, like Haynes gets a day with the ones and then Max gets a day with the ones and then Haynes and then Max and, you know, so on and so forth until they pick somebody. Um, yeah. but, but Connor's been with the threes pretty consistently. So, um, that's expected. I mean, like he's a true freshman. It's a complicated offense. Um, uh, but I think that the, the biggest takeaway was they all three look pretty good and, mm-hmm. um, they, they probably looked as good as they could have against the defense they were going against. Um, our, our, our corners were, were, were blanketing our, our receivers and, and our safeties were too. Like our, our DBs were uh, tremendous. Um, but the receivers showed some improvement, but as far as the quarterbacks go, um, King was with the ones yesterday, so that's what I got to see the most of. Um, and he looks really good. Like uh, he's, uh, I think there's a, a, a noticeable, uh, if if slight, uptick in uh, his arm strength. Um, obviously, he's still got his wheels. Uh, uh, I, I've seen a few people say this, and I'd have to agree. But you know, it seems like he's kind of the commanding presence out there. Like he's been in the program for what is his his third full year now. Um, like he's been around the block. He knows this program. He knows the offense. Like he's very confident in what he's doing and, um, it shows, but, um, you're like, you're not going to see, you know, guys in practice just throwing, you know, 40 yard bombs and shredding our defense. Like that's not going to (laughs) happen. So, um, and it didn't happen, but you know, uh, the separation was, was hard to come by for the receivers, but, you know, he, he, he put some balls in some tight windows and, um, I think it's like, it's like playing NCAA on Heisman mode. Like <laughs> yeah. you go from that and then you take it down to like rookie or just pro and, um, you just start shredding defenses. <laughs> so like, yeah. uh, I, I, and, and he's not the starter yet. So like, um, I think whoever it is will, uh, be very, very happy to be going against, 
uh, Sam Houston and App State and not uh, this this fearsome A&M defense. But <laughs> that's uh, kind of my takeaways on the quarterbacks. But um, at, at running back, um, you know, I, I said when I went last year that Amari Daniels really popped. And uh, he didn't get a ton of reps last year because we still had Spiller, still had A-Chain. And Amari was with the like threes and fours, but he flashed then. He's flashing again now. Um, I think he's kind of, you know, really making a push to be that second running back after A-Chain. And um, also A-Chain, uh, I, I need to find, and I talked about having uh, uh, Heisman odds on him, but I need an offshore book to put him up. So uh, I might can partake. Because <laughs> 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 um, this, like, He's so underrated at, on a national scale, and, and I don't want to get on, on an A chain rant because Chase and I could definitely do that. Yeah, uh, but he's so good, like um, not just running the ball, but like like you can tell that, that they're going to throw to him quite a bit. Like they're going to, you know, have him run routes out of the backfield. They're going to line him up out wide. Um, he's going to be the focus, like the focal point of the offense, and uh, he's going to do tremendous job so I, mm-hmm. I i can't wait to see it um you know the receivers uh obviously evan looked good um anias was out with a finger thing uh like he had two fingers taped together i think he's, he's back today i saw the, the clips as soon as we were getting on he, he's back in full pads or he's in in shells but um what 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 stood out at first was uh was noah thomas um I wanted to see Chris Marshall. He was uh, sidelined, unfortunately, with a uh, – I, I don't know what injury. He, he looked fine. Like, he was in shorts in his jersey, uh, just taking taking mental reps, but um, no cast or boots or anything. Uh, but Noah Thomas was with the ones, like, the entire day. And uh, it was not due to injury. Like, Yul Keith was in the slot. Evan was at one outside receiver spot, and then Noah was at the other. And Noah and Chase Lane kind of rotated quite a bit. And then I think Evan and Moose – rotated quite a bit so like those guys were really most of your like got most of the reps with the ones and i think Jalen preston as well but um you know it speaks a lot to have him like you know like noah thomas was not here in the spring you know he he got here in june and uh after four practices he's getting reps, he's, he's, getting, he's getting time with the ones so like that's it's impressive and it could be nothing could mean a lot we don't we don't really know but mm-hmm. um these these young receivers are are just so so talented that um, th- th- they're going to push to see the field and um, you know, maybe with Coley like maybe he wants to rotate a little bit more you know well, that's and, what I'm kind of hoping for yeah yeah so um, I, I could definitely see that happening with uh especially once like once Marshall comes back you know hopefully pretty soon um, when shot me to see you know Evan see Evan start and see the other two guys get get considerable considerable playing time sure. Sorry, I take a break. I was talking for a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, real quick, uh, tight ends uh, physically look tremendous. Um, I think we we can all uh, I think we can all glean that from the the videos that they've been putting out. But uh, Jake Johnson looks awesome. Uh, Theo Orstrom looks like a future pro, um, and Donovan Green looks great. Uh, they all three did some nice things. Max Wright did some nice things, um, and so did Blake Smith. So. That's going to be a battle um, on the O line. Uh, Foster and Moko uh, were in shorts. They didn't practice. I know Moko's back today. I don't know about Foster, um, but uh, the rest of the O line was intact. Uh, Zuna left tackle, uh, Aki at left guard, 
Um, I'll say this, the inside running game or the running game in general is going to be very, very good this year. Um, cause as good as our D line is, um, uh, fathery and, and Layden, we're getting some push and opening some lanes and, um, uh, it's going to be good. <laughs> I can just yeah. tell you that right now. Um, fast pro, uh, I, t- I told Chase this last night when I was driving home. When I went to the practice last year, I felt so bad for our quarterbacks because <laughs> you know, it was it was King versus Calzado. Like one's trying to, like, you know, like someone's trying to win that job and 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 show and show their abilities. But our D line was just so good, and our O line was so young that like the ball snapped and. Marvin Leal's in the quarterback's face or Tyree Johnson's in the quarterback's face <laughs> and it just wasn't fair so um the D-line is still good and uh we're about to get to that but the O-line gave the guys a lot more time this year than we saw last year and um I think it's just because they're you know they're more experienced and they're they're more talented now and uh it, it should be a good unit I, I'm excited to watch it but um to wrap us up real quick uh linebackers uh, Edron Cooper will compete to be an All-American this year, I think. Um, he had a pretty good year last year, kind of broke out a bit, but was all over the field uh, yesterday. Um, and he stood out a lot in the spring game, too. Yeah, um, yeah. He he probably had the play of the day yesterday where um, A-Chain was on like a like a wheel route type thing and was like – like had him beat by like four or five steps like uh, on his way to the end zone. And – uh the ball was underthrown a bit, I think, just to keep him in bounds so he wouldn't like like run out of the end zone. And Cooper just comes out of nowhere and just like collides with A chain and just rips the ball away at the last second. <laughs> I was like, holy crap, did he just catch that? <laughs> like <laughs> like it, it, it got a rise out of the crowd too. It, it was it was impressive to watch, but he was all over the place. Um I don't know when I've seen Andre wide up close last, but you know, he's the other starting linebacker and uh he's huge. Like uh but he's not like he's not like fat. He's just like just a big built dude, and uh, and was moving pretty well and making some plays. So, um, I like I like them a lot. Um, you know, the depth's pretty young, but you know, hopefully, we can keep those guys healthy. Um, I did see. So at the start of practice, you probably saw on Twitter that uh, that Miles Jones uh, was helped off with an injury. Um, it's making the rounds now that it's just a sprained ankle. So, um, oh, that's good. If it was more, they would, you know, it would have been a lot more hush hush. So, right. uh, I think he's going to be okay. But, you know, after like when he went down, the the DBs were, were pretty thin, which it, you know, like it's a stacked position group. Like it's got a ton of depth, but like all the freshman guys weren't playing. Like they were, you know, uh, in shorts and t shirts or, or like their sh- shorts and jerseys, like just watching on the sidelines. Um, that was like Denver Harris, Bobby Taylor, uh, Smoke Bowie, um, Tyreek Chappelle, you know, who, who's a starter. Uh, he wasn't practicing. So um, it was really just – it was Jalen Jones, Brian George, and Josh Moten. And uh, I'll tell you what, I think we forget that Brian George is on this team, and he's a pretty good player. <laughs> like, uh, like he, he made a lot of good plays yesterday. Um, and uh, it, it's good to have him – like he's – this is third year here, I think, from JUCO, and uh, it's just good to have that experience. You know, like if yeah. if someone goes down, it's not a complete drop off. You're not putting a walk on out there. You're putting a pretty good player, but um, and then the the, the, the safeties looked awesome. Uh, obviously, Antonio Johnson, Damani, uh, Jordan Gilbert looks great. Um, looks like for now they're going to keep Antonio in the slot or in the nickel spot, 
and uh and start jarring at free safety but um all in all like it's uh to to really sum it up like this is a a physically impressive looking football team like more so than we've ever had and um maybe the most uh you know the best looking position group is the defensive line <laughs> and we'll, we'll 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 get into those guys if uh uh if you don't have anything else chase my mom wants me to mention Damani. I <laughs> just good. saw that. Uh, Damani, he's, he's 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 set for a big year. Oh yeah, he's he's gonna be good. So, hey, football fans, join the next generation of fantasy football with Rainmakers Football, their first ever NFT fantasy game from DraftKings. It's the only NFT fantasy game licensed by the NFLPA. Now you can play all season for millions in prizes by building the ultimate NFT franchise. Right now, everyone can get their first full roster starter pack for free. Playing Rainmakers is simple. Buy, sell, bid, and win player card NFTs of the biggest names in the game through regular drops and auctions on DraftKings Marketplace. Craft lineups of athletes from your NFT collection and earn points for touchdowns, receptions, and more, just like daily fantasy football. Build your NFT franchise and enter free Rainmakers football contests all season long to compete for millions in prizes. The next generation of fantasy sports is here. Download the DraftKings Daily Fantasy app now, sign up with promo code TPPN, click the Rainmakers tile, and opt in to get your first card free. Plus, play for millions in prizes all football season while building the ultimate NFT fantasy franchise with Rainmakers football. That's promo code TPPN. Build, play, win. Only at DraftKings. Contest entries dependent on type and number of NFTs held. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. Um, well, well, tell us about uh, D-Line and, and start us off with just what you saw yesterday and then, then we'll jump right into it. Yeah, so... Um, most of them were practicing. Uh, I was a little disappointed because uh, Walter Nolan was not practicing. He, he's he's fine. Like, like of all the guys that, aren't, that weren't practicing, it sounds like they're all fine. Like there's nothing major. Like no one's on crutches or in a boot or has a cast. Like I think it's 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 primarily freshmen that aren't that, that were sitting out. So it's probably just them getting acclimated, you know, because mm-hmm. this is their first you know intense fall camp, and you know. They just need a breather, but yeah, and the um, heat is tremendous. <laughs> yeah, so uh, didn't see Walter, um, but you know he looks great. He's trimmed down quite a bit to uh, you know probably 300, 310. Um, and who else wasn't practicing? Albert Regis wasn't practicing. He looks fine. Um, Gabe Dendy did not practice. He's coming back from the ACL, but uh, I pointed him out to Brittany, and I was like, because uh, he wasn't out there at first, and he came out later in the practice. And I was like, hey, like, you see number 99? She's like, yeah. I was like, uh, he's a true freshman. And she's like, that is a 30-year-old man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know there was some some thought that he might be an end. Uh, that is a, a three technique all the way. He's going to be a damn good one when he gets on the field. But yeah, um, he's he's built like a tank. Um, but of the guys we saw, um, they all look good. But the name I want to start with is a name that I think a lot of Aggie fans forget about because he missed his senior year with an injury. He redshirted last year and obviously didn't didn't play at all. Um, but it's Marcus Burris. Uh, 
Now, Marcus Burris was a name that we mentioned in the spring of uh, as someone that we thought stood out, you know, that looked good. But, you know, he gets lost in the shuffle of, you know, we got McKinley Jackson and Shamar Turner and Isaiah Rakes and Walter Nolan and all these guys. And, you know, Burris is just just as good as any of them. <laughs> you know, yeah. like he, he looks he looks tremendous. And like uh, I think I forget the ages of some of these guys until like I've got the, the 24 seven uh, like class breakdown pulled up. And all these guys are like sophomores or younger. Like they all have at minimum at minimum three years left at AM. and um, you know, I think I think Burris as, as deep as D tackle is. I think he he gets on the field a lot. I think he sees a lot of playing time, um, and, and rightfully so. But um, I, I'm a, I'm a big big fan of his. Uh, well, I, I remember when we went to um, the state championship. Absolutely, and we were we were going because at the time we were after Landon Jackson, right? Five star, and I guess the class above him, or is it? I or think they were. Class? I think they were the same class. Regardless, I, I remember we had heard, um, you know, you had heard Marcus Burris's name, but he wasn't quite like at the time. We had just we might have had. I mean, it was pretty much assumed that we were going to get Landon Jackson, which we didn't right. end up, and and so we went like to watch him. And I remember us both coming away with like, and Marcus Burris actually looks like he might be the yeah. better get of the two. Yeah. And uh, that was who we ended up with. So yeah. um, I, I, uh, I I agree with you. I mean, he gets lost in the shuffle and it's hard not to. I mean, we have so many guys so many to talk them. about here. So um, who else, who, who else stood out to you? So, yeah, I think um, like the freshmen obviously stand out, but um the, the the next two guys I mentioned were uh were, were both inside guys um and that it's it's McKinley Jackson and Isaiah Rakes um yeah I think we uh like we we latch onto a name sometimes and like when they when they play well we're like okay that guy can play like he's always going to be good you know and and that's just all we think of but you know McKinley like had a, a pretty good freshman year was mm-hmm. hurt last year and didn't get to play but now like he's fully healthy. Um, him and Rakes both have really slimmed slimmed down and uh, cut some bad weight. They're they're both moving exceptionally well for 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 men that weigh three hundred twenty pounds still, <laughs> <laughs> even after cutting some weight. But um, and Jimbo pointed like he actually singled them both out in his press conference as guys that are being leaders and uh, and you know being more vocal and taking on leadership roles and really stepping up. So I think if if you get McKinley Jackson as good as all these guys are, if you get those older guys like Jackson to play at an all conference level. Um, this defense is going to be something serious, but mm-hmm. um, he was like, he was all over the place yesterday too, like uh, with the uh, inside pressure and, and uh, just, just making plays and things like that. Um, I think Rakes is like, Rakes has always been that big, like run stopping looking guy. Um, but now he's with him, with him, you know, dropping some weight. He, he moves so well, like he can, he can provide that inside pass rush, uh, while still being big enough to hold up against the run, like um, it, it's it's really quite impressive to have those two guys, you know, as your two starters. Well, I say that, but we didn't see Shamar Turner. He's back today, um, and you know, he's another guy that's that's going to be in that rotation, and, and and he might start. You know, former five star, um, uh, true sophomore. But um, so I didn't get to see Turner. Uh, I did get to see you know Burris, Jackson, Rake. So those are kind of the main um, guys on the interior. But these ends, uh, man, that's a good looking bunch. Like, 
if if you gave out the the off season weight room award, it'd have to go to Fadil Diggs. <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't know if you've seen any any pictures of this guy at fall camp, but the dude's just jacked. Like uh he's he's really put in the time in the weight room. Um and you know, like 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 having so many talented true freshmen, you know, I think we tend to forget about like these older guys, like not everyone is is an impact player immediately. Like mm-hmm. some guys need a couple of years to, you know, uh, adjust to the college lifestyle, adjust to, you know, the demands of being a football player and a student athlete. Um, and just to develop physically, like not everyone is, you know, ready made to be a all American at 18. And uh, Fidel Diggs is, uh, I think he's, he's really hitting his stride. He's primed for a big, big year. Um, but what honestly, what, what shocked me the most was, uh, to Michio Delier, who, you know, I, I think he's you know going to be a great player, uh, was with the twos, and he was uh, displaced at least for this for this one practice by Anthony Lucas. Um, Anthony Lucas in the spring game, he was a guy that we were like, man, this guy wasn't even one of the five star D linemen in that freshman class, and he looks phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. Like if this is the fifth best guy, like how good are the other four guys going to be in front of him? Right. Um, but you know, I I feel like I, I I always get these guys backwards. Like whenever we signed Tamisha and Shamar Turner, I thought that that Shamar would stay on the edge and that Tamisha would be an inside guy. Let's flip flop. Like like Tamisha's got like he's got a longer frame. He's more equipped to be outside, and now Turner's inside. I had the same kind of deal with with Gabe with Gabe Dendy and Anthony Lucas. I was like, well, Lucas is probably going to bulk up to you know, 300 something pounds and be an interior guy and we'll stick Gabe at end. That's not right. <laughs> Gabe's <laughs> going to be a three tech or an inside guy. And Lucas is a unicorn of a defensive end. You know, he's six, six over 270 pounds. And, uh, with a eight foot or not eight foot, like a seven foot plus wingspan and just crazy athleticism. Um, he was really the only guy that gave that gave Ruben fathery a hard time yesterday. <laughs> like, like Ruben held his own against you know pretty much everyone, and then he went against Lucas in one on ones, and and uh, you know he I, th- I think he went one and one in his two reps. But um, L- Lucas is going to be a force, and you know I thought Tamisha was the player of the spring game, and he's you know with, with the twos right now. So um, there probably won't be starters, you know, when it comes to these this, this D line, like they're probably going to rotate pretty much every series just because they're, they're so damn good. And, and they're so deep. Like you have to get them all on the field and like, why not? Like, why not rotate? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like give your guys a breather and keep them fresh. But, um, th- those are kind of the top of the line, the top of the line guys. I, I did see, I see, I saw Tumiche a bit. He was kind of on the other end of the field. Um, so I didn't get to see him a ton, but, um, like the next, honestly, I think the, the, the best looking of the freshman bunch is, is Shamar Stewart. So there's there's two Shamars on the defensive line. It can get confusing, but <laughs> Shamar Turner is a second year guy, defensive tackle. Shamar Stewart, true freshman, defensive end, um, looks like an NFL defensive end today. Like he's uh, over six four, you know, two hundred eighty five pounds, but like not fat. Carries it well. Is you know, he's a guy that that is physically developed already <laughs> like he's not going to need two years to get ready he's ready today yeah. and uh yeah i think i told uh i told chase last night i was like if they were in a live game uh then then shamar stewart probably would have had at least three sacks if, if not more so he was um he was he was wreaking havoc um 
and there's so many more like uh, 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 Overton looks great. He's supposed to be in high school still. He, he graduated a year early. He looks phenomenal. Um, Eni White looks good. Malik Silla looks good. Um, there's, yeah, I don't want to forget anybody, but there's just so many names and they're all blue chip players. And um, there's the competition is so stiff. Like the guys that play are going to be just out of this world good. And honestly, I think, you know, outside of maybe, actually, I don't even know. This might be the best defensive line in the country. Like, um, it won't, it may not be what Georgia had last year, not right away, but, um, all those guys for Georgia are gone except for a couple of them. So I think they're going to be good. Bama's got a good D line, obviously, but this group is, is, is as good as anyone else in college football. Well, it, you'd be hard pressed to find a, a plethora of talent at a position like we have here on paper. Yeah. And, and I mean, granted they're, that's that's translated to the field, of course, but but just looking at it on paper, you've got sixteen guys at the position, five of which are five stars, three of which are three stars, and everybody else is a four. So <laughs> you're talking about thirteen of your sixteen players at a position where you're going to have four guys on the field. You right. know, are, are four and five star players on paper? I don't know how you would. Um, find a better D line in the country, and and it, it it it's bound to be one of the highest in history in terms of the the just sheer talent, and and so that's what that's what I'll I'll say about the guys that we have on there or on on the roster is there's so much talent at that position that. I can't. I'm. I'm. I've had a hard time in preparation for this episode figuring out what I would say about each guy because I, I don't want to spend 15 minutes just being like, "Well, this guy, he's he's so good," and this guy, he's he's so good. You know, I don't want to just compete. I don't want to repeat myself 16 times. You know, right. and, and that's really what you would end up doing here. So, so that's really where it comes down to is that the guys that are are on this on this roster at this position are so good that you can't even split hairs between them. And um, that I think is the exciting part is, is because, you know, I think a lot of people that listen to our podcast are probably listening to like, who do we need to be looking for, you know, this season and um, you know, who's this four or five star receiver that's coming on that I should be looking for. And and generally speaking, that's what I enjoy about recruiting and everything like that because we'll play, um, you know, fantasy college fantasy, and I'll go out and get the five star freshman that nobody knows yeah. about that, that's about <laughs> to ball out. And exactly. That's why I've ran the table with Lavisca Chenault and Rondale Moore and all them. I couldn't do that with with ours. I would just probably draft our our entire D line because <laughs> uh, yeah, think about it this way. And I might, I might accidentally leave somebody out here, but we had just in recent memory in the past ten years, five star D linemen. We had Miles Garrett, um, Dalen Mack, and uh, Demarvin Leal. Yeah, that's it. That's so, with those, those were our last three. Um, <laughs> 
D lineman, all of which I guess are is is Dalen Max. He's still in the NFL, right? Yeah, he is. Um, so all all of three, you know, obviously Demarvin just um went, but we have five of those guys on one team. All, all yeah. three of those guys played at various different times. I think there might have been a little bit of correlation between Miles Garrett and and Dalen Mack. I guess there had to have been because they both played while I was there. Um, right. But, but I mean that that is insane to think about. That you essentially could could field a line of nothing but five star guys, yeah. and and have one five star backup on the sideline. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's just crazy to think about. And 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 so that's where um, again going looking at on paper, I can't. Unless you want to get your pen and paper out and write down thirteen names, that's how long how much it would take for me to just explain the four and five star guys, blue chip guys, and then yeah. the three that weren't technically blue chip guys have have done pretty well for us in the time that they've been here. Isaiah Rates, yeah. I've always been a big fan of him. So yeah, he's three star guy. Yeah, he's awesome. and he's three star guy, but he's a great great player. So um, really, really, I think what what we should say about the D line is. This is by far and away going to be the strength of our team, yeah. and and really, it's so so cool to see, um, you know, how this position has just continued to reload, even when Sumlin was here. You know, yeah. when when Sumlin was here, that was always the one position that was was good, was yeah. D line. And when we had a new coaching staff come on, I'm kind of like, oh man, like we're going to lose Terry Price. We kept him. <laughs> And and that consistency, he's just continuing to reload. And what's crazy is it seems like every year they get just a little bit better and a little bit better. I can't, for the life of me, imagine how this group could get better. Yeah. But it's possible, I guess. But I, it just, to me, this is a a championship-level defensive line. And I, I do think that you'll see a lot of um, – guys switching out because why not? I yeah. mean, why why wouldn't you when you have this sheer amount of talent that you keep guys fresh all the time? And and I know that there's a big contingency of people who say that we're going to have a lot of transfers out. But quite frankly, at a position like that, where you're getting a lot of of hits, you know, you're getting a lot of of it's a tough position to be at on the field. Yeah. Um, it's kind of one of those positions of, well, if you have this much depth, that's a good thing. If you can show how good you are, then, then that just means that you're not putting yourself as, as at as much risk and, right. um, you know, helping yourself long-term on your career. So in my opinion, that's more of a recruiting thing just to say, Hey, look, you know, we've got so many guys here. You're not going to, be expected to hit the field so much and one one other key to that that i haven't really thought of until i'm just talking out loud right now is that allows you to take more risk as an offense you know if if we've been you know if you look back over the past couple of years we're so conservative at offense and and very methodical and, and slow playing and that's allowed our defense to be really really good because they don't play as many snaps we have so many guys now. We could play a ton of snaps. We could we could go, you know, 
air raid offense all the way and, yeah. and not even worry about it. We're like we're like ninety plays a game. Yeah, because we got three <laughs> defensive line units on the field, you know, like and they're all three of the best defensive line units in the country. So it, it's a uh, now granted you have other positions at defense, but yeah, that's the biggest thing, big, biggest key to me because um, we've been seeing it build for the past couple years. We've been seeing him, uh, him being Jimbo, recruit uh, almost an, an abundance of guys at this position each year, and and we knew it was building. And then last yeah. year, he just he just blew the roof off of it with that recruiting class. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it, I guess I guess the biggest thing to me, it's too hard for me to name. I'll I'll just I could just list the guys if you wanted me to because there's so many of them that. Don't even worry about who's named who. Just watch the defensive line and know that they're going to be really good. Yeah, <laughs> and like, yeah, our defensive line's going to going to hold a, hold their own on this play. Yep, yeah. I hope they're going to again because that's all you're going to see all year. Yeah, and it, I think it's going to be so good. Like, it's going to be a national story for the next couple of years. Uh, when you look at this list, like we said, like like only three of these. Like, first of all, there's there's zero seniors in the whole bunch. There's three guys that are juniors. The other, like everyone else is, is a sophomore or younger. <laughs> like, yeah. um, I mean, like maybe, maybe McKinley goes after this year, but I doubt it. Like, you're probably going to have this whole group return next season. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, like, like, I, I can't even get started on, on, on that possibility and, and what that means. But, um, you know, like, there, there's something you said in there about like, like that allowing you to be, you know, more risky on offense. I was listening to a podcast earlier today talking about Georgia last year. Um, and uh, it was a split zone duo, by the way, if you want to go check them out. Um, but they're talking about how, like, by efficiency metrics, Georgia's offense was, like, fifth in the country last year. You wouldn't think that because they were very methodical and, you know, things like that. But it, And they didn't score a ton of points. But um, one of the one of the hosts was like, well, like, they, didn't have, they never had to play from behind, like, ever like the entire year, like they, like they were playing with, with all the cards. <laughs> you know, like when your defense yeah. allows no points, you can do whatever you want to an offense <laughs> and, you know, and, uh, and, and, and go at your own pace. And uh, it's, it's probably going to work because you're going to get so many chances uh, to, to get the ball and, and score points. So um, with as good as I think our offense could be with the talent they have, um, that makes this a, you know, dangerous football team with how good this defense could be. But absolutely. Um, you know, when you when you look at the the recent defensive lines that have been like some of the best ever, you know, in in the sport, um, Clemson comes to mind with the group they had. Obviously Georgia last year with with what they had. Um I think Clemson's like three of their starting four went in the top sixteen picks in the first round. Um it was tremendous. But and Georgia had three guys, three three linemen go in the first round last year, um, but neither of those guys, of those units had the like the star rating that this group has. Like, uh, it's nuts. <laughs> like, and 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 don't get me wrong. Like, like Jordan Davis was a three star. He probably should have been rated higher. You know, obviously he was he was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had you know a couple of five star guys sprinkled in like. Uh, Clemson had like Dexter Lawrence and Christian Wilkins were both five stars. The other guys were just like, you know, pretty good four stars players. Um, and that's what's underrated about this group is even the ones that aren't five stars, 
most of them are top 100 players still. <laughs> well, like, that's what I was going like, to say. Like, like borderline like, five-star. <laughs> at least two, if not three, of the of the four-star players that we have at some point in time during their recruitment, like, and, and I just mean like during their senior year when they were their recruits, not back when they were sophomores or freshmen. Yeah. They were a five, a consistent five-star at some point. So like, like, um, wasn't to Misha. He was a, he was a five-star at one point. He, he ended was. up, ended up a four, but I mean, nationally he was number 39 in his class and i think there's what 32 33 five stars each class so seven people away um you're splitting hairs there and then marcus burris wasn't he a five star at one point too um i know he was he was up there he finished at 132 it seemed like anthony lucas was too at some point but i think i think anthony lucas was like he's a five star on 24 7's rankings but not the composite Mm. It, regardless like it's it's just like they're like you're not just talking about just four four star guys that just barely got there yeah like guys like in, the, in, just, the, in the 300s or something like that yeah so it's it's an embarrassment of riches that we have at this position and and we have it at a position where we have some of the best development i mean the best development that we've had under Jimbo, the best development that we had under someone was under Coach Price, and now look at what he has to yeah. work with, you know. And and that's just and Coach Robinson and Coach Robinson too. I mean, Coach Robinson is is just just as good of a coach. But it's just just like to see that this has been the consistent position each year, year in, year out, and then now this is what we're, we've got. Like, the, this is the best unit we've ever had at that position. And we have, like, if you look over the past 10 years, you could say, yeah, well, we might not have been all that great by our D-line. Man, it was fantastic. And yeah. and here we are sitting here with the best that we've ever had. And um, so if you're not excited to see our <laughs> D-line just absolutely wreck some offenses – you need to start getting that way because you're right. If we, if we play from ahead all year long, because our defense is that good, I, you know, we're, we're going to be very, very competitive uh, yeah. because we just, that's what, that's what I hope to do. I hope to be able to be that team that, you know, we just, we take an early lead and then we put the foot on the gas and don't take it off till we're till it's over, you know? Yeah. Um, well, and, uh, it's it's what Bama used to do, like back before they had like a like a high flying offense, and uh, the, the, the 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 solid verbal, which is a, a podcast that I, I like quite a bit. They uh, came up with a term for it, and it's called crockpotting. Like uh, like you don't really like there's no like like you know big moment in the game or anything, but like a crockpot, you know, you set it for three hours, you look up, and it's forty five to three. You're like oh like, like how did that happen? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a great, great. I like that. <laughs> so you might see AM uh uh on the crock pot this fall, but um I think it's a great point with the coaches. Like uh think about how good that D line was last year. Like AM was like top five in scoring defense. Like it was a really, really good defense. Great even. Um and of those four guys, like Marv was a five star. PV was like a borderline four. Uh, Tyree was a three star, and Clemens was like a uh, running back in safety in high school, 
who went to JUCO and Cisco and like, you know, got to AM and m at like 230 pounds and then becomes this grown ass man. They get drafted in the fourth round. Like, yeah, they, they developed those guys. Like they developed guys like Kingsley Kiki and Landis Durham um, and Dalen Mack. Like, like he had a great senior year under these guys um, and Bobby Brown, like, like he got drafted. So think about how good the line has been. And then think about what those coaches have to work with now. Like, it it's mind blowing. It it really is. <laughs> yeah, was Bobby Brown a five star coming out of high school? I know he he was back and forth. Um, yeah, I remember he was at one point, but I don't know if he ended up that way or not. But yeah. if he was, then there's number four. Yeah. <laughs> of, uh, we named three earlier. Actually, and- so I, I went and looked up his profile. Um, he dropped out of the top one hundred altogether. Surprisingly, wow. He finished well, at like one eighty two. Well, and that's that's what I'm talking about. I mean, it, yeah. it's just it is insane to me. Yeah. I mean, think about think about it this way: if we played if we f- played four D linemen, um, we could have three groups, three groups of nothing but blue chip players. Yeah. You might even have nothing like <laughs> you might have nothing but top 100 player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, your first two groups would probably be top 100 players. So. Oh, easily. Um, yeah. I, I mean, there's no point in even breaking down each individual guy at yeah. this point, you know, like granted once we're in the season, we will, but um, well, and that's why guys like Burris get forgotten about because like we're, we're excited about McKinley Jackson. We're excited about Walter Nolan. And then, when you look up on Saturdays this fall, you see big number ninety-one making plays. You're like, "Who is that guy?" It's Marcus Burris. Like, there's there's so many guys on this. Like, it's as much as I follow this, I can't even keep up with their numbers because like they all look <laughs> they all look the same. Like, they're all just these huge these huge defensive linemen. And I'm like, and I'm like, okay, like who's six? Who's four? Who's eight? You know, like who's eighteen? Um, like they couldn't have like you know just wildly different numbers that would make it a lot easier <laughs> they have to all have this, like all have similar numbers but and the funniest part about the whole thing is like if you looked at this list of guys compared to the list of guys that we talk about in all the other positions you'd be like oh man this is gonna be a super long episode but like there's so many it's it's opposite effect where there's so much talent that like I'm going to bore you to death by going over the exact same things yeah. just for a different guy each time. So, um, yeah, I, I can't wait to see how they, how they manage all of that talent. I think that's my biggest, like what I'm most excited to watch, but, um, yeah, I've got the same scouting report for like 90% of these guys. Um, okay. So they're six, four plus they're two seventy plus. They have extremely long arms and they move like much smaller players. And they have yeah. great get off. That, that's the entire D line. They're very, <laughs> like, mul- very multiple. Very multiple. Um, <laughs> we should have some some multiple fronts. <laughs> I think multiple fronts is a good name for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess the last point I'll make is, uh, like, yeah, I, I bet you see you know a transfer here and there. We actually saw one before fall camp started and and just Zion Harris he transferred to uh, uh Rutgers I think uh, he's from New York so he went back up there but um four-star player like probably gonna be a good player but there's just too many guys and like he was a guy that I really liked but he's not real big like he's 
like weight wise, he's probably like two thirty. Um, that's one thing about these defensive ends; they're all huge. Mm-hmm. Like, like I love Tyree Johnson; he was awesome, um, but he was like a two hundred forty pound guy. Uh, but these guys are like the lightest one is two seventy at defensive end. Like they're just massive human beings, and uh, I will say this: I. I think I mean obviously they're they're gonna be they're gonna be extremely good, <laughs> but uh I don't know if if we see the pass rush right away. Like if one of these ends is, you know, that that Tyree Johnson, that Michael Clemens that can really get around the edge and, and get to the quarterback. I bet I bet they can, but we have to see it first. But um that's one thing that stands out is that these this is this is definitely the heaviest D line in the in the country. Like most people's ends are not this big (laughs) just because like they don't exist. Like there aren't humans that are built like this, uh, at least not very many of them. Um, so it's, 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 it's just something to, to marvel at. And, uh, I can't wait to see it on the field against, uh, against Sam Houston, against App State, and especially against Miami, uh, in that, in that third game. Yeah. I mean, either, I I mean, we've got an incredible D line and that's all I got to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and that's you know like I, I go on and on about the national media, but um, a lot of folks will point out that we lost all four starters, and you know these guys are so young. How are they going to do it? And then um, you know just go watch them in person. You'll be like, okay, that makes sense. I think they're going to be all right. <laughs> Let them doubt us. They hate us because they ain't us. That's right. <laughs> um, housekeeping before we get out. Uh, I think we're going to try to wrap it up this week with the roster uh, on Wednesday, tackle, <laughs> tackle, get it, uh, mm-hmm. linebackers and defensive backs. I think we can put that one episode. Um, yeah, I think I think we're good. But yeah. uh, keep it locked in to uh, theineligibles.com. Uh, check out our post on there. Uh, more to come this week. And uh, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>